Welcome to Transformation in 10, bringing you expert insights for navigating the transformations impacting application delivery. This podcast is presented by Tricentis and brought to life by our special guests across the quality, DevOps, cloud, and business worlds. Hi, listeners. It is your host, Emma Pete. Now to introduce our guest. Um, it's a name you may recognize, Tracy Reagan, CEO and co-founder of Deploy Hub board member of the CD Foundation and DevOps Institute Community Manager. So Tracy, it is not your first time on the podcast. So welcome back. How's it going? Thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. Yeah. I jumped at the chance to talk to you again. So yeah, pleasure to, to have you back on. And I will remind our listeners, you are recognized by Tech Beacon as one of the top 100 DevOps visionaries. And you're a very active representative and contributor in that sphere. So last time on the pod, you gave us a great DevOps 101, showed us around. And this time, we're eager to hear your thoughts on a report that Tricentus have just released, and that's on AI augmented DevOps in partnership with TechStrong Research. And released in August, today, in fact, at the time of recording, we set out with this report to see where DevOps teams are at with implementing AI within their development pipelines. So overall, we interviewed 2,600 professionals globally from like the US to, to APAC. But before we get into those results, I'm keen to hear, Tracy, to what extent you're seeing DevOps professionals utilize AI? Well, not yet. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, not yet. But when we start moving out of these monolithic applications where we have more time to kind of bake this stuff, and we have more time because we do collect things, even though we're doing agile, I get that. When we move into a microservices environment, the pipeline is going to start moving a lot faster with a lot more workflows. So we are going to start, as when I say we, I say as a global community, we have to rethink how we're doing DevOps. Monolith in microservices and cloud native really does change a lot of what we do. At the core of it is basically you never you don't link anything at build time, you link it at runtime, and that is like putting a hand grenade in the middle of it all. <laughs> so sure. we have to start thinking of new ways to do this. Sure, sure. So AI, you know, is gonna add that layer of complexity and intelligence, but as you say, we're not there yet. I mean, our respondents, they ninety percent said that AI is something that they're definitely gonna consider implementing. But they're anticipating the benefits. Many of them, you know, haven't ventured on this kind of frontier yet. But those that have made a start or even those that suspect that they're going to go ahead with this and some of the top benefits that were cited for our respondees included improving code quality and, of course, uh, increasing release frequency. So where are you seeing some of the greatest promise yourself with this uh, with this trend? So when we talk about, Mike, let's just continue down the cloud native uh, kind of discussion because that is that's where the disruption is occurring. There are different kinds of AI. There's everything from rule-based systems to pattern matching to truth tables. Truth tables being, let's just call that like the basic level of AI. And, and, I, and I'm breaking it down really simple because we don't have a lot of time. But if we think about truth tables in the, in the terms of microservices, 
Right now, our DevOps pipeline, we make the assumption that every single monolithic application goes through the same exact workflow. Now, in a microservices world, not all microservices are the same. Some have higher risk levels. Some have lower risk levels. Maybe some needs more extensive testing. Others could probably just rip through the the pipeline pretty quick because the level of testing that was done at the development level or some system level is good enough. So we can start thinking about risk levels and characteristics of microservices. And that's a combination of like a pattern matching effort with a truth table that says, okay, this is a high risk of microservice. Maybe when we push it through our truth table, it's going to say we need to notify 25 applications that this this new microservice is coming out. But another one, it may say this is completely owned and only depended upon by the application team. We're going to skip that step. So when we start thinking about AI and DevOps, we have to start understanding that this is, again, a new way of thinking about how to do DevOps, totally new. And it has a lot to do with data. And that is where we lack. We don't do a good job of collecting data from our DevOps pipelines. Big time. Yeah, that's what a lot of our respondents said was that the lack of data is one of their top kind of obstacles, you know, before they can get to that, get look at implementing AI within the DevOps landscapes. And that was at um, 44% actually recognized that. Along with AI skills, you know, having that. I'm looking forward to reading the report. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, it's interesting. You know, a lot of your suspicions, your your assertions do do match up. And it's, you know, no surprise really. But having this conversation was important to us to see where, you know, it could be applied. And one of those areas was uh, testing. No surprise. You have a lot of AI driven applications that do require testing. And as you say, it's kind of a a new way of working. Also, functional testing was at the top of that list. And I guess our phrases of, again, we're not maybe seeing success in testing with AI yet. I mean, there's the certain elements, I guess, automated testing is, is one, one side of the coin. But where are you seeing some of the success with, or where do you predict some of that success in testing specifically with AI? So, I, I, yeah, I think when we talk about testing, we also often focus on just testing the application, right? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, you know functional point testing. And I believe that we have learned that over time that we cannot test our way out of problems. (laughs) True. Um, We test and we spend money on tests and yet we still find problems at the end of the day. So what we really have to have is a stronger feedback loop. And again, that AI needs to be applied at the point in time where it misses. What did we miss in testing? And why did we miss it? What occurred at that point in time And again, it goes back to having data to be able to do this level of pattern matching. But if we understood what kinds of modules we are pushing forward, where were the problems, then maybe we our AI systems could be could do a better job of predicting the areas that we need to focus on. And I I really feel like we have to take a page out of chaos engineering and realize that failures are going to happen. How do we respond to the failure is probably more important than necessarily trying to make sure that that failure doesn't happen. So if we get to a point in time that we can respond quickly to failures and we start collecting the data and understanding, okay, this particular microservice has broke the last 15 times, maybe that that risk level goes up and that truth table gets applied in a way that says, we're going to make sure we're going to do a better job of testing this particular uh, microservice. But that may be hard to understand when we have such a decoupled environment at the runtime location. 
especially if we have decoupled environments running in hundreds of clusters. This is why the data becomes a factor because it is hard to see. And oftentimes we think of, when we think of data, we think of observability, but observability is only an afterthought. Sure, sure. Right? It's It's after it went out. So how do we start pulling that information in and doing things more predictive? And the other thing that we think about in testing, we don't. We often think about only testing an application. Testing should be a, a broader discussion. We should be testing the build. We should be testing the release. We should be testing all of the pieces along the pipeline, not just did my application work the way as it expected. Now, AI has always been, you know, the first robots I ever saw, robots, uh, using that ter- term loosely, was in testing. Yeah, to, you know, to test my, you know, I could run scripts, could the, can test my my screen. Did, did anything change from the last time? So we've been doing some level of te- of AI or at least autom- heavy automation and testing for a long time. I just think it's time for that concept of testing to stretch across the pipeline itself. And maybe there's problems in the pipeline we're not catching. Where are the failures? And that's where the data is becomes essential. Yes, to your point about, you know, it needs to be more end-to-end, not this after-the-fact retrospective data. We need that data to feed in right to the start, beginning of the pipeline, and to use that, yeah, intelligently, like what, what should be tested, how to test, what to test better. And honestly, in my experience, the bad problems are not necessarily found in testing. They are found at the point in time somebody did a release and passed a key value pair that was incorrect. And boy, is that hard to discover. That is almost impossible to discover. Sure. We did all this really great work testing the process, testing the application, right? And we got all of that done really, really well. We pushed it out and it broke. And why did it break? Because something that had nothing to do with our testing failed. Yeah, exactly. And you're hitting on some of the potential challenges that will come along the way. Do you have any advice for kind of overcoming these? I know that a lot of them will be, as you say, kind of learning how to fail fast or yeah, there's, there's many different kind of routes you could go with this, but I'm, I'm wondering if you could uh, share with our listeners any kind of strategies that will help them um, yeah, overcome any, any foreseen obstacles. Well, I think, uh, the first strategy is to really take a look at your pipeline. If you're moving from a monolith to microservices, you're really going to have to revisit that. I don't know if there's a huge benefit right now in disrupting uh, monolith pipelines that may be retiring over the next five years, but I think there's a huge benefit in looking at your DevOps pipeline for your cloud native applications if you are moving into a truly microservice application, not just a taking a monolith and putting it into a container. And again, this is why I'm so heavily focused on governance catalogs. There is so much intelligence that gets left underneath the covers. It's sitting there under the hood on the pipeline that we want to start bringing up and exposing. And that goes to this whole discussion around supply chain. And what are you bringing in? What's your SBOM looks like? What's the CVEs? That's the first step, right? Mm -hmm. It's the very first step is understanding what you're consuming. And then when we start really talking about DevOps and AI, we're really starting to talk about doing some machine learning and data science. And without the data, without pulling that information up into a central place, it will be hard to apply any. I mean, what are you going to do AI on? You've got to have the data in a centralized location. And that's why governance catalogs are, are starting to resurrect, so to speak. We had service catalogs, but those are at a higher level. 
talk about governance catalogs. It's tracking all the data about a particular module. Interesting. Okay. You know, I, I'm putting my money in on the governance catalogs to be able to de- derive the information so we can do proper AI across the full pipeline, not just in a, a particular segment. Sure. And I suspect with that governance then comes, you know, data quality as well as, as, as quantity and making sure that you're getting that right. Because we have reams of data, you know, like the digital f- footprint of activities is, is enormous. So I'd like to get creative, Tracy. If you could see any change, any area um, that AI could truly transform to make a real difference, what might that be? Anything that would shake up the app development world? Well, this is key. There's so much software to be delivered in the world. It's outrageous how much software we're trying to deliver in the world. (laughs) Somebody famous said software is eating the world. It already ate the world. (laughs) Problem is humans. We actually have fewer people going into DevOps than we have in quite some time at the same time as we have a, a stronger need. So when we start thinking about AI in the future, we're really starting to talk about autonomous systems. We're, you know, we're looking at autonomous coding. Microsoft has a co-pilot. I use Grammarly for everything I do because I can't oh, yeah. spell or know where to oh, put a brilliant. comma. <laughs> um, I echo that. <laughs> it is brilliant. Yes. And so we're going to see, we're going to begin seeing autonomous uh, coding. And at the same time, we're going to start seeing more uh, autonomous uh, pipelines. As we start baking AI into the process, we're really talking about replacing what a lot of humans are doing now manually. And this will be essential as we try to push more and more software out the door to our end users. And that software is decoupled. Far more complex systems. And we have to have machines starting to do this work because it's too complex for a human anymore. And we just don't have humans to do the work. It's for sure an exciting time. Um, Not intimidating. So Let's wrap up here. Thank you for for joining with me and weighing in on on this report and just the the topic in general. You know, it's it's good to see that AI is set to disrupt DevOps in these kind of exciting ways, and it will be great to see what's what's next in this rapidly advancing kind of domain. So I guess let's strap in. You can check out the report at tricentus.com forward slash resources, and there you can also sign up for a a webinar where we are going to dig in. To the findings a bit a bit further, and that streams on August 16th and will be available on demand thereafter. So yeah, hope to see you there. But um for now, Tracy, I will be pleasure. there. Looking oh great. <laughs> oh, thank you. My pleasure. No, I'm looking forward to that report. It's a good topic. Yeah, awesome. Well, until next time, and have a good one. Thank you. As ever, many thanks for listening. Until next airtime. 